Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. and welcome to another well no i i'm lying this is not just another episode of 100 words or less the podcast i am your host ray harkins but uh this show is completely different and something that i've never ever done before uh and that is uh interject a family member into this whole weird podcast world but um i'm sitting here in las vegas nevada because my uh my grandfather leroy Payne, has died he's 95 years old he was a rock, not only to me, but this entire family. And uh, it's a really, really sad thing. I mean, granted, he was 95 years old, and he lived an incredible life. And um, that's who you're going to hear today. You're going to hear an interview I did with him back in, I don't know, maybe about four, five years ago. I can't recall exactly when, but um, the reason I know is at least four or five years ago is because you can hear my, my grandmother, uh, who occasionally chimes in during this interview. Um, at this time, she was uh, completely checked out because she was suffering from Alzheimer's. So uh, she wasn't an active participant in um, realistically life, um, let alone what was happening uh, around her. But um, So yeah, this, this conversation is really emotional for me. Um, and the reason that I, I bring this to you um, and not the usual standard fare of people who are surrounded by independent music and culture and all that sort of stuff um, is the fact that I think this, this interview not only is entertaining and insightful and um, meaningful to me, but at the same time, it, I hope it inspires you because realistically so many people around us have incredible stories to tell, have lessons that you can learn from them and have many different things that are applicable to your life. And sometimes we frankly don't ask them. We don't care. We go on about our lives because uh, many of us are incredibly self-centered 
and uh, don't pay attention to these things. And I'm not saying I'm <laughs> better than anybody because I got to have a really, really meaningful relationship with my grandfather. Um, but what I am trying to do is have you pull these stories out of people. Have you look at the family members or other people that are surrounding you and have these engaging conversations because we are not on this planet for very long. And the more connections that you're able to have with people, the more your life is richer. That's, that's the best way of putting it. So uh, we're burying him on Thursday and uh, which is basically one day after you will uh, hear this in your earbuds. And um, I appreciate the, opportunity that I have to put it out there. And hopefully some of you listen to this and listen to the whole thing and uh, really hear this incredible story. Because here's a guy who lived through multiple world wars, um, had so many things change around him. It's like, you know, whatever, here we are in the, the, the digital era and we think things are changing so rapidly. But it's like my grandfather and many of your grandfathers and grandparents, d- television wasn't a thing. Like, it just blows my mind. So, anyways, without further ado, this is completely in his memory. I will miss him, and I loved him very much, and uh, I can't wait to share a large bit of his story with you, and hopefully, um, like I said, it inspires you to pull stories out of people that you love. So, and uh, for some context here, you'll hear some names. Um, So, Dick is my uncle. And get this, his name is Richard Payne. And it never occurred to my grandparents that Dick Payne, because Richard is obviously, or Dick is a nickname for Richard. Anyways, it's just funny. So I I make fun of him a little bit. But anyways, Dick is my uncle. Becky, you will hear, um, she actually chimes in once or twice during this interview. Uh, She is my mom. And then uh, Debbie is my aunt. So those those were the three children that my grandma and grandpa had. Um, so yeah, that's most of the context that you'll, you'll have. Um, and you'll hear my grandfather, Leroy, and you can call him Roy if you are friends with him. And now every one of, every single one of you is, um, he refers to mommy and that is another, uh, euphemism for, uh, his wife, my grandmother that, like I said, you'll hear once or twice throughout the interview. So, um, yeah, when he says affectionately mommy, that's who he's referencing. So, yep. Now you have all the context. Oh, and for a little treat and something on the lighter side, um, my four-and-a-half-year-old son decided to uh, start a podcast, and um, his uh, episode-slash-four-minute conversation will be heard at the very end of this, so those of you that want a little uh, dose of the cute can uh, listen to this, or just fast-forward to the very end and um, hear him talk about uh, superheroes, okay? Leroy Payne, you're my dude, and uh, here's his story. I like to start off any interview I do with uh, usually like memories, you know, that I have. And like there's three distinct memories I have that stand out heads above the rest that I have with you. I I know one. I'm I'm sure you do. I'll save that one for last then. (laughs) One of them, and I don't even know if you're going to remember this, but the I think one of the first times that you made something for me, you made me a little surfboard. You, like this little, because uh, I was just really into surfing when I, I don't even remember how old I was, maybe like 9, 10, 11 or something, but it was just this little surfboard. It was like, yay, yay long, and um, you know, you, you spray painted it like bright orange, or you painted it bright orange. 
Um, and then I, I did my own decorations, like, you know, put like Quicksilver and whatever, these other. Um, but I remember just being like, oh my God, Papa made this? Like, it just, I knew you were handy, but it was one of those things where I like, I held something physical in my hand that it was like, oh my God, he's a magician. Like, this is incredible. I don't know if you remember the, the making the surfboard. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was just wondering what you've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been drinking anything except oh, coffee. Well, that one, I would absolutely not remember yeah. anything about it. And that, and see, I think that your memory was off on that. Really, I, 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 I disagree with you. I'm fairly certain I still have the surfboard somewhere, but it's just, it was just this little thing. It probably took you all of like five minutes to make. It was not oh, a, not okay. a very well, difficult. Then, all right, well then, we're maybe. Yeah, it, how big was it? It was really small. Like it was like maybe a little bit bigger than my cell phone. Oh, yeah, that, it was that, really small. That, Not okay. like a surfboard, surfboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So Sorry, you had me thinking that I <laughs> worked for days on that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. All right, I'll, I didn't. I'll, I'll agree to that. That it didn't strike me as a been <laughs> yeah. a memory thing, but I, yeah, I, it, it could have happened. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't set that up properly. All right. Um, <clears throat> and then also the the other, you know, one of the other very early memories I have is when, um, I want to say it was at a golf course, Mission Viejo. Like we, didn't we go to the driving range there? Yes. Yes. Um, and I just remember watching you hitting golf balls and being, and thinking in my own head, cause I mean, I was like maybe five or six, mm-hmm. I was really young. Um, and thinking in my head, I want to swing as good as Papa one day. Like is that right? I, I just, I just remember being like, <laughs> this is like, just the way that he takes the club back and it's like he, how far he hits the ball and just like, you know, I mean, because when you're five or six, it's like, and you know, you're a very tall individual. And so watching, you know, and I was this little pipsqueak and just, yeah, seeing you hit the ball was like, wow, one of these days, maybe I can hit it as far as Papa. Um, what was the name of that course? Was it just the... That was uh, Mission Viejo. Okay. Just like the country club they had yeah. down there? Yeah. Why did we but go you, down? Uh, but I remember at Mission Viejo, mm-hmm. uh, you as a young yeah. pup. Yeah. Uh, at the Easter egg hunt. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I vaguely golf, remember that. At that golf course. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it comes to that swing, uh, you should really take it to swing from your stepdad. <laughs> Randy, he's uh, he's the golfer. He's he's the golfer. Okay. You you've passed the torch. I understand. Yeah. Um, and then the final memory, which is the one that I think you and I will agree on, is well, there's that. <laughs> I, there's, there's another one as well. <laughs> but the when when you were trying to teach me how to ride my bike, oh, <laughs> which okay. was yeah. How how do you remember that? Uh, right, this. Right. I, I feel that. You want know, it? That's, sh- that's still that's, your you shoulder, know. just completely. Yeah. That's, yeah. So how how do you remember that? Were you? I remember. I shouldn't have ever tried to help you. <laughs> the the bike. The bike. You know, I was uh, about six foot two, riding on a little uh, 20, 18 inch bicycle or something. <laughs> right. Right. Your legs. I remember your legs were just yeah, sticking out like bird uh, wings, just like. Well, I went, I went right up on my shoulder. Yep, head over heels. Right, and I, I remember. I that's thi- that's the biggest memory I have of you. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I remember I, just because it was so impactful. But I remember. But I do remember you as a 
beautiful little boy. Oh, well, thank you. And we're used to when you say, car, 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 you're the car, car, car. <laughs> and it's funny because little Raymond loves cars as well. Like, he gets, yeah. he points at him and he, he doesn't say anything <laughs> yeah, yet, but he's just like, oh, like he's really excited about yes. that. Fascinating. I know. And the, uh, but I, I remember, like, when you fell, that, I had this, like, it was a feeling I hadn't felt before in the pit of my stomach where it was like, you know, I was in horror. I was in shock. Like, I did this to Papa. I felt so bad. I was like, even though obviously I wasn't responsible, I still felt so terrible because it was just like this, this, you know, you were trying to help me and here you were falling and hurting. I I was, I was stupid to even try because it was a small bike. It was a very small bike. So that shows how stupid you're. Grandpa is. You, or you could look at it in the positive way where you wanted to help me ride my bike so badly. That's what it was. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't want him to go because I don't know who I don't, I don't know who would have taught me otherwise. <laughs> well, you, you, <laughs> maybe maybe Randy would have gone on that bike. I don't know. <laughs> well, you were riding it a little a little bit, you know. Yeah. You were riding it, and I I don't think I was. Maybe trying to teach you as much as just seeing if I couldn't ride a bike. <laughs> That's probably what I think. You were trying to prove you, it to yourself. You you, uh, you did ride the bike uh, before that, so I wasn't didn't have much to show you on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just yeah. It was yeah. furthering my education. Uh-huh. Um, but then. Um, so yeah, the obviously, like I said, those are the most you know the cl- the memories that just jump out at me as far as you know our our relationship um and sort of you know backing up to obviously the the beginning so to speak of you know where where were you and a lot of these questions i personally know the answer but obviously just want to hear it in your your words um you know like where were you uh where were you born and where were you raised born in denver colorado 1920 okay and left denver when i was four years old Mm mm-hmm to move to Salt Lake City because my dad got a Ford dealership. Oh, okay. And so you do. You, I presume you probably have no memories of Denver, right? Like, of what? Of Denver, just like in general, like the not, city. Not, the only yeah. one thing is four years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember the the fire that was on Quitman Avenue right across our, our house mm-hmm. where we lived, where my parents lived. Yep. And this house was on fire. I always remember that. The yeah. house burning up. Yeah, well, that's, that's a pretty scary thing but, to watch. Uh, Salt Lake uh, was uh, there for 1924 to 1931. Uh-huh. We moved out of there in 1931 to come to Southern California because of the Depression. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so my dad uh, um, lost the dealership. Mm-hmm. Because of the Depression, Henry Ford thought that he could create prosperity mm-hmm. when it was a depression mm-hmm. by pushing these cars onto the dealers mm-hmm. and it got to the point where the dealer couldn't finance them. Oh really? My dad didn't have enough credit at the bank to finance a bunch of cars and, and uh, that weren't selling right? Yeah. So it just he just hey folded up and yeah. got out. Did your uh, what did your uh, what did your mom do at the time? Was she just basically raising you at home? Oh, yes. Yes. Mom never had a job other than the hard work that she did as a housewife. Right, right. (laughs) And you had had how how many brothers and sisters? I had two brothers, Mm -hmm. Bob 
and Dale, mm-hmm. and two sisters, Pat and Betty. So five kids total. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that particular raising all this without garbage disposal dishwashers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing. You remember like, seeing mom on that old washboard? Uh huh. Corrugated metal washboard. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did you do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> and so did you, uh, like, the, since you brought up the uh, the Depression, like, you know, did you uh, did you have any specific memories tied to the fact that, you know, the family had to kind of tighten their, you know, belts and stuff uh, like that? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. we did, really. Was, uh, I remember all the possessions that Dad had. Mm-hmm. And then I wish we had the photograph, but I think uh, Mom and my mother and dad had uh-huh. had that when they passed away. And I don't know my sisters have maybe got the back picture. Sure. But it had a picture of a trailer that was loaded, just loaded, probably 10 or 12 feet high. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> with a big canvas over it. And uh, pulling it with a old Nash car uh-huh. uh, from Salt Lake to... Southern California. Uh-huh. Why uh, Why did your father feel that Southern California was the place to go? Like, did he find other work here? Is well, that kind of... I... Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you were too he, young. He was, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he just couldn't find anything in a smaller city like Salt Lake, so he figured it... Uh, Got to be more work out, out there. And the first house we moved into mm-hmm. was at 352 West... 41st Street in Los Angeles <clears throat> and uh, my dad had to pay $25 a month rent for that house <laughs> I remember that very clearly did he did he like tell you that like oh this is what we're we're paying here and this is you, yeah, you were just yeah, all kind of aware so. of it yeah the first though that was the first part the first my memory's a little foggy it's okay. <laughs> but the first city we went into was Alhambra. Okay. And uh, I went to Marengo Grammar School in mm-hmm. Alhambra. Okay. And um, yeah, and it was after that that we went to Los Angeles. So. Oh, okay. You went to Alhambra uh, first, too. Uh, what 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 little money Pop had? Mm-hmm. He rented a lot, a car lot. We lived at 18 South Margarita in Alhambra, and just a block or two away, mm-hmm. he rented a lot for, for just peanuts a month. Yeah. And he had a few bucks, and he bought used cars. Okay. Like a Ford would be $10. Mm-hmm. You can't believe how the prices are. <laughs> yeah. But he'd sell it for $30, and, and that's how he got started back in. Okay. Yeah. And it was very tough now. I started when I was 11 there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a paper route. Nice. And uh, did you did you do that because did you feel like you wanted to help the family out? No, or I had was to, it... I had, we had to buy our own clothes. Pop was got it. Yeah, you know, we had to work and buy our own. See, got it. And uh, so you're like, uh, I can't I can't show up to school naked, so I need to. <laughs> that's just just about it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... our paper route was uh, what supported it, but. And then we went, like I say, to Los Angeles. Uh-huh. He got a job with a 
Ford dealer. Oh, okay. As an accountant. Oh, okay. And uh, he was so he was never doing uh, like sales of cars. Like he was. Uh, or, no, or no, he, he was an accountant. He was office. He, yeah, he, he was, was sharp on numbers. That's good. That's good. He was real sharp on numbers. Got it. And so, <clears> you were were you always going to the when you started grammar school? We ca- I mean, we call it elementary school now. <laughs> but so when you were when you were going through school, like, did you find yourself being interested in school, like, or did you kind of? Well. I don't know. I skipped two grades. Okay. Uh, because the teachers either I was a bad teacher, a bad uh, student, uh-huh. or because I was smart. I never figured that out. <laughs> they never told you. No. <laughs> They're like, either get this Roy <laughs> pain I, out of our hair. <laughs> but I did graduate at 16. and uh, You graduated high school at 16? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's really young. I skipped the third grade and the seventh grade. Wow. And I got the report cards to prove it. Cause yeah. <laughs> you, had to, you had to show your parents. In fact, uh, the one thing about the, the uh, cards. Mm-hmm. The report cards. Report cards. Was that we had to have our parents' signature. Okay. And it shows what I was like. Because I didn't, you forged it. One of it, I forged my, <laughs> my mother's name, I believe, Mrs. E.R. Payne. That's impressive, and it, it never caught. They never caught. Never me. caught on. Yeah, yeah. No, they never caught me. I think that's probably the first bad thing I ever did. The mis- <laughs> mischievous thing. But were were you uh, like, so, like you said, you didn't know if you were a bad student or, or smart? Like, well, I, did, I think I think that I was. I was always good in mathematics and always good in English and reading and all of that stuff that was required. So I think I'd be be. You know, a little, yeah, yeah little, I say above average as far as the school kids. So sure, I mean, I, sure. I don't know why, but that's about it. my feeling. Yeah, so. yeah. And did, did you, uh, as you were going through school, um, did you, like, did you enjoy it? Or is it one of those things where you're just like, I can't wait to get out of here and start working? No, I, and... I think I enjoyed it. But the biggest thing was, and I wish Grandma was here, yeah. my mother, yeah, to tell you <laughs> how... I used to get into fights. Really? In school. That's my biggest problem in school. Okay. And, and I don't know whether... Because I looked like a... a String a nerd, bean? A nerd. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I had these glasses on, you know, and maybe that's because I... But I... You know, the other, the guys uh-huh. picked on me. I okay. Think, see? And I came out with it. Pop was kind of a strong... Uh, scrapper, he didn't want to have anybody beat him either, my dad. Got it, okay. And so he used to teach us how to defend De- Defend yourself. So okay. finally I, I did defend myself, and uh, I had quite a few fights until everybody <laughs> left me alone. Really? So you had to I'd eat- come home with torn shirt and <laughs> yeah. really scratches on my face. Sure, sure. Just school, school uh, we used to get pretty good crowds around us, too. <laughs> Where, uh, so because of these, uh, like, did you have a, like, kind of a group of friends that kind of stuck together because you guys were getting picked on, or did, were you kind of like the, uh, sort I think of I was, a, it was much of a loner. Lone wolf, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, was, I think it's, it's considered me a nerd. Really? Just yeah. because, and was it because you were so interested in, like, math and reading? It and could so, be. Yeah. I, that's the reason it could be. Yeah. Uh, and so did you, uh, in in high school, we call it, um, did you uh, play sports, like, any organized sports during that time, or was not, that? No, it couldn't, because I had to work. I had 
paper routes after school. Yeah, not enough time. Not enough time. Yeah. That's what do you remember? So most of these fights, did you uh, did you end up uh, winning them, or were they kind of a, I, a draw? I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I did good in all of them. Yeah, I just find I, it funny because I, I, I still to this day I'm 31 years old and I have never gotten a fist fight. Oh, is that right? I have oh, never. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've 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 maybe punched two people, but it's <laughs> never escalated into a fight. And I, I think. Your experience is very, uh, it's its common for that time period. Like, a lot yeah. of people just kind of fought. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. To, like, yeah, to either to prove themselves or obviously just make it so kids wouldn't pick on you anymore. Well, it's more or less what it was. I don't know really what caused them, uh, but it just seemed to develop yeah. a knack for getting into fights. And you all, and you also, your, your body is kind of built for it in the sense of you've got long well, that's arms. That's why I and, was always strong in a Took up uh, boxing and wrestling. Right. When uh, when did and when did both of like boxing and wrestling kind of come into your life? Well, mostly when I was overseas in Lockheed. Okay. Well, which which we'll get there. So you graduated high school early. So you're 16 years old. San Bernardino High School. San Bernardino High School. Um, and so so what then? Like, what did you uh, did was, you want to go to college? Like, was I that I left home at 16. Okay. Had my own car after. I don't know what they finally did on that paper route, but I just one Sunday my I had a lot of it that had too much church. Okay. Um, the folks were very very religious. What what religion? Uh, well, Baptist. Baptist. Okay. And um, they so go you, to prayer meetings. Okay. They go to just a million Sunday, different things all day on Sunday. Okay. And in fact. Uh, it's just one of those things that. So I never played in in high school. Uh huh. Never had any. Never went to school prom. Never oh. went with any of the other kids because you were busy. We had to work, and also they were. If not, you weren't at work, you were at church. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and so they were at church this Sunday, and I packed up my stuff in the car because I was getting very disturbed at the whole thing. Sure. And that's that's when I left home, drove to L.A. Okay, and so the uh, that's pretty uh, that's pretty courageous of you to do that. Well, and I never went back. Yeah, and so did uh, did you tell any of your siblings at all, or did you just want to like told any? They didn't know for six months to where I was. Really? At least, and I got a job in in uh, the Halliburton building, which is the okay. oil company. Sure, sure. Uh, worked worked a pharmacy. Okay, and. Uh, Malt shop and all that. It was sure, drugstore. Yeah, a little diner pharmacy. type place too. Yeah. So did, when you uh, and I, I did dishes. Okay. And so when, when you when you left, you probably you had no plan really. You were just like, I just need to get out of here. This That's is, all it was. There's yeah. No plan ahead of time. Right. No, didn't know what I was going to do. Right. 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 Uh, um, and that's that's interesting because a lot of people, especially from my generation a lot of people still have the same experience where Mm -hmm. it's like their parents raised them a certain religion um, and by the time that they hit of an age where they can start to think for themselves they're like stop forcing this on me (laughs) like stop you know stop pushing this down my throat and they end up rebelling or you know like you did running away yeah well they they were so uh, they were so strong on uh, this religion Uh that uh, the pastor and my dad and a few other guys in the church yeah. would hold these 
street meetings. Oh, okay. Religious street meetings and go down to Westlake Park or any place where they uh-huh. tramps or bums was, you know, and they try to convert. Convert them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, convert them and we always had to drag along and stand in the street with them. Yeah, really. The un- curb street, you know, right in this gutter part. Right, of the right. Street thing. And we used to, that was, that was, those were the things that just. It was uncomfortable. Kind of forced, uh. <laughs> yeah, it made you turn you us, off. Forced on us, you know. And, sure, sure. And it, it wasn't. It wasn't a very good. I didn't have a good child life. I don't think. Yeah, you did. Didn't. You don't. You don't have fond memories of that time. No, I didn't have. Yeah, yeah. I so can remember all the struggles we went through, and uh-huh. <clears throat> did and you? My dad wasn't the easiest. He was one of those strict, strict parents. Far, father. Yeah. If Bob and I get in a fight, my brother. Uh huh. He would make us walk around the block, a whole block. Okay. With our arms around each other's neck, just to, like a loving kid. Yeah. So that just make us uh, no, not to fight anymore. In other words, that's the way he. That's how he so- solved the dispute. Solved the thing, made us go well, arm in arm, and right. And he'd follow us behind us and walk with us. Uh huh. And the two of us was walking ahead there. Sure. Every minute of it, see. <laughs> You're like, I, it's yeah. just making you more angry. Oh, yeah. See, these are all those things that and I hadn't thought about them for years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's Yeah, that's interesting. Jeez. <laughs> Um, And so, uh, yeah, you're working at the mall shop, you're 16. Are you just living at, like, a, a random house you find and, like, or with uh, friends at all? Or? I tell you, I lived in you know, the first place. Well, I'll tell you, for a few, t- for quite a few days, though, until I got the first job, uh-huh. I was was um, just lived in my car. Living in your car, a 20, yeah. I had a 1926 Chevrolet, mm-hmm. and this was, oh, when I was 16 in... So mid-30s, maybe? 20, this is 26. I was, I had a 26 Chevy for a while. Okay. I, that's the car I had. I don't remember. Yeah, and a little later on, I did get a Pontiac. Uh, but anyway, I was getting a small amount of weekly. Uh huh. I don't remember how much. Yeah. But uh, got some meals out of it. Sure. And had enough to hole up in an apartment somewhere. Sure, sure. Room. It was a room deal. Right, right. And uh, oh gosh. And was it, like, when you were doing that job, was it, uh, like, did you enjoy it, or did you have your eyes set on something? I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I think I enjoyed more of it just being away from home. So. Yeah? Like, you feel, you felt like your yeah. own man in a way? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, no, I had no, I didn't miss anybody, and I had no re- remorse over it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, I was there, like I say, mm-hmm. uh, probably six months. Okay. And uh, at the time when my, finally I told my parents where I was. Yeah. And I was still working. Uh-huh. And they came into that, that shop? diner, that shop, mm-hmm. and tried to plead with me to come home. Really? And I still was firm. I said no. You said no. I'm not interested. No. Yeah. Were that was your... Uh... I mean, I'm sure your dad didn't express emotion, but like, did you? Was was your mom pretty broken up about it? Well, I. Or or, or, or yeah. was she kind of stoic as well? 
I think she followed him pretty. He was strong, man. She got it, got and it. And she was a little pussy cat, you know. Right, right. <laughs> she kind of whatever his opinion that's was. A, that's exactly right. Okay, she, he was the he was the uh, yeah the, strength of the whole family as far as right. He was the driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Yeah. So then, so that, yeah. After uh, you, they knew you were missing, and uh, or not missing, but they knew you had you had run away. Um, and so you were working at the uh, the diner. And so, what what was next? Like, did you work there for? Well, I finally worked as a diner, and I had a, uh, one or two other places, but not uh, restaurants. Yeah. But I was getting a little bit more pay, and I don't remember how much more, but sure. I was increasing my income. Okay. And so finally, when the war came along... Okay. Uh, this, is, early, this is World War II, yeah. Yeah, but the war that was in Europe and that beforehand, 39, see when they... Right. So, um, so from... Hmm... Yeah. <laughs> I did have two lost years there. It's okay. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. <laughs> awesome. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yimby's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh. Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 1067 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B. Two lost years. When I was 19, I applied for this job in uh, Lockheed. 
Okay. And it was due to my typing. I, I could type in class. It just came naturally to you? It did. It was just... That's, maybe that's why I hate computers now. <laughs> <laughs> too much Because anyway, too much typing, yeah. I got the job at uh, typing in Lockheed. Okay. And that was really when my life started... It real being happy. Right, where it started it was, to improve. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You felt like you landed at something. Yeah, I did. Right, right. And, and so, so you, that was 1931, and I worked there for two years in 1941. Uh-huh. Was when finally Lockheed set up this base in North Ireland. Okay. For repair of airplanes that were damaged in the uh-huh. fight with yeah In the war, Europe. right. So I but you got you got, got the, you got paid in. You got the job in LA though, right? Like you landed the typing uh, position at Lockheed, or were you? No, I didn't. I wasn't. You know, I lost. I had this two years. I didn't have anything. Okay. Yeah. Two years. I had a restaurant or two uh-huh. in Canoga Park. Okay. And so then, then, but then you got the job with Lockheed, and then that's okay. Got yeah, it. I got the job in Lockheed, and uh, that was. A big, big, high-paying job. Sure. It was, because we got $400 a month in our room and board. Oh, you must have felt rich. I did feel rich. <laughs> so and you then did. That's, that was uh, a real good time. I best two years of my life was over there. In, in Northern Ireland. In Northern Ireland. And that, so that was probably the first time where you were able to, like, go out at night and kind of yeah. have, like, oh, a, yeah. a social life, and yeah. you started to experience... Yeah, because we had no... We had no restrictions at the base there. Right. It's just like here, if you're uh, out late, why? Yeah. You you get to work in the morning, next morning, anyways. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. But, it, uh, whether 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 you're hungover or not, you'll still you yeah, still got to show had up on time. Fantastic job there. Okay. After a while at Lockheed, um, I met one of my closest friends, is Hal Gracious, mm-hmm. and he was in procurement at the time when I got transferred into procurement. Now, procurement was where we then wasn't tied down to the base all okay. the time. We had a reverse land... The government had a reverse land lease program where anything that our base needed in that, mm-hmm. we could go to British suppliers and get that stuff, Okay. whatever the base needed. I don't care whether it was metals or food or... Yeah, toilet paper or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it was a big thing. So we'd have to go around and find and locate these things that was needed, and then there's a little bit of paperwork you sign up for it, and it's handled through the governments. Okay. But uh, they gave us the products, and then we, they'd be shipped and okay. to the base. But they furnished us with a... Car, a, Wolves, a Wolseley car. I don't know if you ever heard I've that. I've never even heard of that, no. Car, Wolseley. Okay. And uh, we could go into the Army base, get uh-huh. gas. Sure. And it had a card that, in case we were captured, listed us as a captain. Oh. We were captain. We, we'd go always in the officer's mm-hmm. end of the Army then. Sure. So we really had a good time over there. Okay. And so, and what city in particular in Northern Ireland were you kind of based around? Well, Be- Belfast. Belfast, that's yeah. what I thought. And uh, So you guys yeah. basically just drove around to other Army bases and other manufacturers well, or whatever? Uh, yeah, we well, you'd take the car across on the um, ferry. The ferry, sure. And use that over there in England. And oh, and, okay. See. Got it, got it. Yeah. So we was uh, we could uh, a lot of traveling, a lot of traveling. See, uh-huh. but it was 
it was it was good. It was interesting. It was a great job. Sure, sure. And so then, and then I met my mom. <laughs> Who's sleeping there on the couch right With, now? Yes, and that's that's how interested she is in the story. She's heard it so many times. <laughs> so then, uh, so yeah, you you were you know you were living it up, living the nightlife. You know, I'm sure I'm sure meeting a lot of women. <laughs> couple, eh? a couple, a couple here, or there, yeah, couple. of course, there should be. Yeah, because but you're, uh, you're you're in your early twenties. I, I met met her though. Okay. Uh, in name uh, the, the street in Belfast, but the. Grand Central Hotel was on it. Okay. And I was just going to go in uh-huh. and see what action there was in there. And sure. She was just coming out. And okay. There was a swinging door out in the front of it. Sure. So we can always say we met in a swinging door. Right. Because she was with some friends of hers, girlfriends of hers. Uh-huh. Well, I think she's waking up now. <laughs> and I was with some guys of mine, see. Sure. And uh, so anyway, as a group, there was, I think, two other guys and myself, and, and her group was her friends. Sure. And we all kind of out in front, and at that time, everybody smoked, and yeah. you'd light up a cigarette. But you see, there was pitch dark. Really? Just and because they had turned off all the lights? We... Yeah, it was all lights, but we'd go out there, and, uh-huh. <laughs> and we'd have a match to light what was there. But the light match would be there to see what they look like. Right. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good plan. Yeah. You're like, I that's need. Right. I need to make sure they're not ugly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so here, so, here, here's a light for your so, cigarette. Uh, and so we held. We we connected in because we held hands. Oh, right, right away. Right there, we held hands. We always squeeze each other's hands. Yeah. Okay, okay. And I don't know. From that time on, I did it just. Uh, oh, she's she's moving on. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh-huh. we uh, we enjoyed. I enjoyed going with her. We, went, we met in September. Okay. And uh, got married the following February. And it seems like because you got like, it was very common because at this time you were like what twenty twenty three twenty yeah married. Okay. So. It seemed like it was very common, especially if you were in your situation where you were traveling and, you know, you were, you, you know, you were part of, um, you know, you obviously part of Lockheed and everything. And it seemed like a lot of people had those like whirlwind romances where mm-hmm. it was like, you met a person, you're like, let's get married. Well, like it, it was uh, kind yeah. of that. It just happened it, it so was, quick. It was. We just, uh, <laughs> that same night we uh-huh. went across to the, it was a white crosser kind of a drugstore there you oh know. sure sure and we sat and talked for a while and got a, a, a horse horse carriage you know with a couple oh, yeah. of seats yep and we took her home then okay 55 Tate's Avenue <laughs> that's where she lived <laughs> and then I took it back into the base uh-huh. to the to the station uh-huh. where we'd catch a train to get out to the base to in the Lockheed base. which is probably about 10 or 15 miles out of Belfast. Okay. Got it, got it. And uh, so many times I'd get in at 2 o'clock or something. However, because the dance, we, we did dance and... Yeah. Was it was it like yeah. was it like, night, regular, like, uh, like nightclubs and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, the 400 Club and... Yeah. Then money names of them. <laughs> You'd probably remember them, you know. <laughs> and so the... Uh, I mean that that's you listening to this, mommy. Yeah, I am. 
Okay. <laughs> I just uh, tell them the story. Got all the ones there we, we wanted. Yeah, yes, right. all the nightclubs. So um, anyway, it's just uh, or you did, I should say. We uh, we had the then this was in uh, we were married in in uh, February. How did how did you how did you propose her? Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> was it just one of those things you guys were talking about it, yeah, and then it just right. kind of like, hey, it we should get married? Was, uh, yeah, and more or less, we knew it. Her family knew it, and yeah, she had a, uh, a, a guy's an officer, uh, in uh, captain or whatever okay. major, and she dumped him. Oh, so when you when you met her, she was kind of already going with someone else. Oh yeah, else. and then see, I was so also uh, going with Vera Zlakovich. It's a girl that <laughs> I left in Los Angeles when I took off. Okay, and uh, presume was supposed to get married. You know her, I guess. Sure, sure. But I'd given her a ring and everything. And <laughs> so she, usually, usually she, women presume you might get married to them if you give them a ring. Well, yeah, she <laughs> she did. <laughs> I dumped uh, sure. Vera Zlakovich, and she dumped uh, Ken, uh, Ken, Ken, do we call it Ken's Leacock. last name? Oh, I know Leacock. Leacock. Leacock, yes, that's okay. it. Ken Leacock. So you, got, you guys both dumped your respective... That's right. That's right, because you guys were like, no, they're not... So then three months later is when the base started closing up. Okay. And uh, in June, we left... Uh, February. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got married in February, February left right. in June. Okay. And arrived in Boston in, uh, in June of 1944. So did you, when you, you you knew that basically at the end of your tenure with Lockheed is you wanted to come back to the States? Yeah, I Okay, did. got it. But then, but still, I wasn't through with Lockheed. Okay. I went to... Or when that, like you said, when that base was closing up, you're like, yeah. okay, I'll go back. Got it. Yeah, so we got on the train. We had a wonderful train trip across the country. Mm-hmm. Everything was by train then. Right. And uh, but the we bo- the boat ride the boat ride from Ireland to Boston well, that, that was, was pretty a, terrible, that was, right? It was. It was during the war. We were still worried about all those German submarines, submarines and and uh, it zigzagged. It took us. Ten or twelve days. I know it was about two weeks almost. Jeez. They zigzagged mm-hmm. to just uh, got us saved. That's why uh, we were thankful that we. Of course. Yeah, and and we were seasick, but we kept from seasickness after we learned it. We just kept walking the deck. Okay. All day long. Really? Yeah. Is it you just woke up and just started walking? Well, right. <laughs> People would uh, be sick and all, uh-huh. but we we started walking and it finally we got used to it. So wow. Yeah. Okay. But that was a long, torturous. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was I'm sure room, state rooms and all was dirty. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. But before that, we when uh, I had to go through a lot of paperwork to get her to go with me. Sure. And. Uh, Legal, I had yeah. saved enough money and paid paid for her canard thing. This was canard that brought us back. Oh, okay. And guys, when you stop and think of all these different things, it's quite an experience. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but we had this wonderful train trip then. Okay, from Boston to L.A. Yeah. Mama used to love to drink with all the guys that was on this. Oh, I did. I enjoyed <laughs> <laughs> oh, it. So anyway, she did. She loved being around with the guys and. 
They'd buy her drinks, they I'm sure. And they, they liked her, me. you know, because she was, they were all lucky guys. A lot of them in the sure. train is coming back. And so uh, we had uh, little we small had quarters, fun. but we did have fun on that train trip. Sure, she sure. Did. And we got back here and and we had my mother and father who we had right. Uh, Got back together with you know very sure. close then right and uh, we went to live with him for about a week. How did the so after because I'm sure during all of that time, like did you like send letters to your parents and kind of like oh, roughly yes, keep we in did. touch? Yeah, okay, they, got it. They sent uh, sent care things to us, you know. Okay, okay. So they uh, they had known that you got yeah, married instance, and you were. Uh, they knew I liked popcorn. They sent. <laughs> they didn't have popcorn in England. So you were like, where is my popcorn? Forget, I took this popcorn uh-huh. over to 55 Tate's Avenue at her house. Sure. Uh, this was while we were going together. Uh-huh. And uh, they sent me the popcorn. And they didn't, couldn't believe what, what this happened was. when you fried that in a, in a frying pan with a little grease. How it popped, yeah. How it popped. So and it was a new thing for them, right? They're like, "What is happening?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so those are little things that. Yeah, no, those are incredible that I hadn't thought about for years. <laughs> and so you, uh, so when you went back to LA and you you met up with your parents, like, were they um, were they ex- first of all excited to have you back and excited that you had married and you know you kind yeah, of were, were a grown man in a way? They were, but we were. Uh, uh, we had a little family squabble there. Uh huh. <laughs> See, we were smoking, both of us. Okay. And we were in a bedroom of theirs. Sure. And not thinking at all was selfish, I guess. Yeah. But we did light up cigarettes. Okay, in their house, and they weren't. In the house. They weren't the keen on that. <laughs> and that, uh, again, made me think, geez, you gotta get the hell out of here. <laughs> You're like, I can't, yeah, e- I can't even smoke yeah. in this house? Like, really? Well. <laughs> Everything, you know, everybody could smoke in the house, uh-huh. but they didn't like us smoking at all, see? Oh, so it was a double standard. Yeah, they didn't like us smoking, period. Right, right. So I thought, well, it's time to find something here. <laughs> and I did have, I recall when came back, we couldn't get an apartment for some time. You had to sign up for them. They were very... Scarce. Okay. Yes. So uh, uh, one of the first things that... We did when we got here was foolish, but we did it. Uh huh. We got a Buick, I believe it was. Okay. Got this Buick because we had Buicks quite a bit, uh, but we got this Buick and they paid thirty three hundred for it. Okay, that's pretty expensive at the time, right? It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. That was new Buick. We didn't go for the yeah, second. Yeah. That wasn't a secondary. Yeah, yeah. But um, so that uh, took most of our cash. <laughs> but then along came, along came the um, 
opening for this apartment that we went to. Oh, okay, that you had applied to. Yeah. Sure, sure. And we loved it there. We had a lot of fun there in that apartment. That was another one. That's where we met our, uh, a lot of our friends. A lot of your friends, yeah. Uh, Bud and Maisie Dunn, you know, I went in business with Bud later. Okay. Uh, so did you get when you like did you guys once you had your apartment did you guys like you know host like dinner parties and like oh, have yeah, people we over travel we played okay. uh, Monopoly sure so you guys were a pretty social couple yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Taylor's was another family that was there that we liked remember okay. Taylor's mama oh sure okay. <laughs> but then uh, uh, let's see and so you still were working for Lockheed at the time right yeah yeah. I come back to work for Lockheed. Sure. And were you still but, do, uh, were you doing typing still for them or did you transfer into some other position that was I got back into the identification department. Okay. Okay. And that was where we started. I was able to read fingerprints. I learned a lot in that one. Oh wow. Investigative part of uh, Lockheed's operation. Okay. But then uh, uh, this is when we saved a little bit of money again. Okay. And we bought from Bill Roberts, who was a executive for Disney. Okay. We went looking around for for lots. Uh-huh. And we heard about this place in La Crescenta. Okay. That um, had some lots, so we mm. found this. Uh, Bill Roberts was okay. Had these lots, and he was such a nice guy. He. Just, I don't know, it was for 50 or $100. He, he sold, sold us a lot. Wow. And I, so green, but it changed. This is when I started changing into a whole new compre- new uh, job uh, deal. Yeah, career, sure. A career. It, uh, let's see, we went, just for, paid for the lot. Uh-huh. I guess he had the mortgage on it. Okay. But we... I started building. Okay. I still was working for Lockheed. Okay. And that was about the time... Well, Dick was born just before that in the apartments. That's right. Okay. While we were there in the apartments. Okay. And, and was... That's was when I started then. Was I was with Lockheed. Okay. And was, bought this lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... Then it just developed that I thought, well, I could just put a little bit from my salary and buy mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. And you just you see, so did was that was that sort of like do it yourself attitude? Oh, complete. Oh, you, you. I wish I had pictures. Yeah. To show, but we did have this nineteen. This car. I uh-huh. don't remember the year of it, but yeah, had, excuse, I had two cars at that time. I had the nice car, and then I had an old work car. Okay. And on this work car, I had a drum made that could take the wheel off, put the hub on this, and it was a pulley thing. And I pulley... Use it as a pulley. I used it as a pulley to pull a cement mixer, mix it up. <laughs> you can't believe this. I just... So you, you were just... I poured... I'll tell you, I worked my ass off. <laughs> I can imagine. Pouring concrete, <laughs> mixing it up, shoveling it in that sure. thing, and going... That house must have a thousand cold joints in it. So. But, and so, uh, and why, why, why did you feel like you had to do it yourself? Was it just because you didn't have the money to kind of like... didn't have the money. Okay, yeah, so you're just really, like, I'm going to yeah, roll up my sleeves and figure yeah. this out. Um, 
I did. I did borrow eleven hundred from my folks. Okay. And uh, I bought more. Bought bought us some stuff. Got it. And jeez, um, oh, I don't know. We did, but I, I all the all the lumber in there was mm-hmm. resawn lumber after the war from the wharfs and that 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 they took and down. This is, Tubafors and sure. ripped into tubafors, <laughs> but I framed that thing. I went to the library and learned. Uh, I went to construction sites to see how how they did it. Yeah, wow. And that's that first house that I built. Mm-hmm. That uh, I finally wound up with ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars in it to pay off the lot to pay off the folks uh-huh. and. Everything was sweat equity. She was there out there. That's why we used to have Dick in a cradle or a little bassinet. Right, because you guys were busy painting. working. Yeah, right. she'd be back, back climbing the door jams, and uh, we just worked our tails off. So there. It's, yeah, essentially, you built this entire house from the foundation to the roof to the electrical, whatever else, all on your guys' own. All on, yeah. Which is re- when it's. Re- I mean, yeah, that's it was. It was the biggest. That was, but it was still. <laughs> Fun, Fun. See? yeah, yeah, yeah. We had this apartment. Uh, we were living in Crystal. Sure, it was nice, nice to go home there. But um, how long did it take you, like from start to finish, that building that house? Like, uh, it was about six months, I think. Yeah, but uh, every, every, we did have. Well, some of our friends come and help us, uh, like uh, oh, but, yeah. uh, I mean Don Dora and uh-huh. and uh, his wife. Uh, you guys would make a little party out of it, like, Don, oh, we'd come over and let's Edna, work on Edna, the house. Don Dora and Edna Dora. And, okay. And he used to help us, uh, oh, he can go to the, on the roof. Sure, sure. And, you'd you'd and, take him out to uh, dinner or something. Well, and, anyway, uh, I was so stupid, though, to, you know, mix all this concrete. <laughs> but anyway, when the house was finished, uh-huh. uh, which was real big struggle, but it was had 10000 in it. Yeah. And we sold it to... Claire Rice, okay, who remained a good friend of ours for years, okay, and uh, they they were happy to get the house. They bought it for seventeen thousand. Wow! And then that's when we started. Then uh, this gave me enough enough on our own to. So I bought another house, a lot from Bill Roberts. Okay, and he saw what we what you do. were doing. Sure, sure. And so he had faith in us, and we. Built that, and that's we were living in that house. That was a nice house at the time. Her parents then came over in okay in uh, nineteen forty nine or something. They okay. came over. Her parents. Well, anyway, uh, that's then things started from then on. I left Lockheed. You you felt like you had enough money and an idea yeah, of how to do uh, things. right, and I could sure. do this again. See, okay, which is what we did. We bought and built a house, lived in it, sell it. And move, moved on. Move on to the next one. Uh, backing up just a little bit, yeah. like when you guys had, um, when you guys had Dick, like was that? Uh, did you guys always have the idea of like, okay, we really want to have kids, or was like, did Dick come along as a as a surprise? Or None was of your the... business? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one's feelings get hurt. If laughing. <laughs> no one's feelings get hurt if they are a surprise. Mommy's, mommy's laughing. <laughs> she thought it was funny. No, I do. We do. Yeah, I do. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do. I couldn't remember whether we planned it or whether we didn't. But yeah, 
It's but just, it happened. It happened. Right, 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 right. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure you guys always had the intention of having kids, but like at that particular time might have not been your yeah. original plan. No, she was, actually, she was very fertile because... <laughs> It, it, well, obviously, I think, I think we had it three times, and we had three kids. <laughs> That's incredible. You're just you're very precise about well, it, right? It was, we 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 both working so hard, you know. And <laughs> didn't happen very often. Yeah, you just didn't didn't have the time. That's why she was she was fertile. I couldn't touch her. Right, right. You 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 held her hand, and she was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, and so the uh, so yeah, once you once you quit Lockheed, and then obviously you started to uh, well, when did uh, when did when did Becky come along in that sort of? By that time, you had quit Lockheed, and you were just doing the yeah, house well, developing. Becky, Becky would have been uh, Warren. Uh, Doctor Roberts was her doctor, and Doctor Roberts. Let's see, I'm trying to figure out what house we're. You were born in 1949. She was. Well, it was just tail end of uh, of uh, of Lac Bresenta. She was born in one of the. Okay. Because that's when then we advanced from Lac Bresenta when we filled up most of the lots that Bill Roberts had. Oh really? Okay. And then we went to La Cañada and we started building stuff there. Okay. And in the meantime, during all this time, yep, our friend. Bud Dunn that owned that Dunn's Paint Company. Okay. Dunn Edwards Paints. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was Frank Dunn. It was our buddy in the Oh, crystals. really? Wow, oh, yeah, that's, that's funny. Now it's an empire. That's how we met him, see. Okay, and okay. So uh, he he financed, uh, bought this tract on Manhattan Avenue in La Crescenta. Mm-hmm. And we built about 20 or 30 houses there. Wow. Oh, I know then, and that's the time. That was 1954. Okay. Uh, that's we because that's when we took this trip to Ireland, and you was Becky was about five or six. Okay. So, I don't remember the house we lived in mm-hmm. when we had taken her to the hospital. I mean, sure, <laughs> took mommy to the hospital, really. Right, right, right. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so did you like as your as your business was growing? Like, did you have a name for the business that you were doing, or it was basically just? Well, we had different ones. Okay. Uh, Pay Dunn was a corporation with Dunn and Payne. Okay. And then uh, in La Cunada, we had a uh, uh, partnership with Frank, uh, Gus Frank. Okay. And uh, so it was, but uh, I know my name was in that, was, it was uh, Frank. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah, anyways. It doesn't matter. He is in the real estate business. So okay, got Frank, it. And they were, they were friends of ours there on Flanders Road. Okay. So I'm trying to think of what... But I'd have to say that we were living on Willow Lee. Mm-hmm. At a red barn house. Okay. I think that's what it was. It was one we built there in sure. Dr. Senna. And, and by this time, like, it was the 50s, and there were... There was such a housing boom in Los Angeles, so like everybody was moving there, right? Like there was a lot of people that in were nineteen fifty. Yeah, yeah, like in the nineteen fifties. I mean, that that's why. Well, yeah, yeah, that was always that was good growth then. Right, right, right. It was after the war, and that uh, things really got going. Right. What do, what I always find interesting too with uh, you know different generations is you know the invention of things mm-hmm. where what came along. 
um, maybe not even specifically like during the fifties, but like, you know, in, obviously there's a lot of things that have happened during your lifetime, but what were the, you know, maybe one or two things that came along that sort of just blew your mind as far as inventions were concerned? Well, it was a television. We, it just, we bought a little 11 inch television, uh-huh. Admiral television. Okay. And I know that was eight or nine hundred dollars. Sure. To the screen. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, that that was one of them. Uh, then naturally, when you get into later on and get the uh-huh. uh, moon stuff and all that, you know, going right. to the moon and right, it was just it was a very uh, progressive period for uh-huh. for invention and improvements because that's when the things were in the kitchen, for instance, the dishwashers and right the nice uh, microwaves and sure. all that stuff come along. Sure, but. Uh, uh, there's not much more left now, <laughs> except to get to Las Vegas. And I remember we came to Las Vegas because we were losing all the land. It wasn't land to buy around much anymore. Ah, got it. Oh, I know, and I met this guy. Um, mm-hmm. um, Durrell Bradley. Okay. Durrell Bradley. Okay. And. Uh, that's when I had had a lot of experience on construction by this time. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and uh, I took a job with uh, him as a vice president in the company, of his company. Okay. And uh, he was able to get these contracts mm-hmm. for uh, Cape Heart Housing, which was government housing for oh, okay. for uh, Army families. Sure. And we had, gosh, there were 700 houses in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Uh There was 200 homes in Yuma Test Site. Jeez. We had, uh, (coughs) let's see, uh, Yuma and then one in New Mexico. What's that place in New Mexico? (coughs) That was about... uh, Alamogordo. Alamogordo? Well, it's close there. That was about Amarillo? Part, yeah, uh, okay. his name. Uh, but let's see. We built hundreds of houses for the army. Then. Sure, sure. And you guys and would was, you would actually move to those places when you were oh, building yeah, those homes? Oh yeah, I was homes. project manager. Project I, that manager. was a that was a top job for. He was a big. It was a big construction company. Sure, sure. And uh, so then he completed all those projects and. Mm-hmm. There was no problem, you know. We, we, we had a good time there. Sure, Missouri sure. And all trans. We came back. Uh, oh yeah, and we bought a new home there in Coventry. Okay. In uh, in uh, Thousand Oaks, okay. California, because that was Fort Leonard Wood was the last Cape Cape Heart housing project that mm-hmm. we because they weren't giving out contracts anymore. They right, they're like we've done it. Yeah, yeah. The government finished that, finished that program, so we came back. I bought the house. Uh, in Sunset Conejo, mm-hmm. uh, which was Thousand Oaks, sure, and uh, we we uh, moved there. Mm-hmm. Brought, I came first and bought the house, and uh, then everybody else and moved went back, back. there. Mm-hmm. I set it up, and then we went back there and drove the car road trip <laughs> road trip into into Thousand Oaks. Okay, now let's see. Then is when I, I was continued on with Bradley. Okay. Because he came with some of the 
projects that he put together here. There was, he, gosh, there was 120 on on uh, tra uh, Tropicana there. At okay. Yeah. Maryland Parkway. And the first one that we built was about 60 houses up on Valley View. Yeah. And uh, so in this construction, again, with uh, Durrell Bradley and all that, that finally uh, tapered off. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did meet some some helpful friends, people that got got us another uh, project to go. Sure, had a chance to buy this air conditioning thing. Okay, through um, the subcontractor in air conditioning and heating, Bill O'Carroll. Okay, uh, he. After Bradley's, and we were finished with that stuff, um, I didn't, let's see, well with the, oh I know, I know now, mm -hmm. we, we had a chance to buy this special service supply. Okay. And it was, uh, I went into work for, for uh, Ray Moore House. Okay. Who was a manufacture of of uh, sheet metals pipes and uh, stuff for air conditioning sure and he was going down the tube okay and so the uh, day and night company held a big mortgage or debt on on, on their hands mm -hmm. and they didn't uh, this guy was big shot flying from Los Angeles uh, to Las Vegas in the airplane, yeah, one jet. flight and go back, and sure, and it was a haphazardly run. Got it. So uh, I uh, got the job through Bill O'Carroll because he told Ray Morehouse that you want somebody to run that company, company well, by, yeah, uh, try him. So uh, Ray Morehouse then gave me the job. Okay, and uh, I started. We were clear out there on the. North Las Vegas Airport. Sure. And uh, did kind of kind of built the re reputation up a little bit of the company and mm -hmm. and uh, and mommy uh, thought well we were growing enough we mm -hmm. go into Las Vegas and find a building go right in close see and so sure we built the first we rented she found this. Warehouse to rent. It was on uh, Highland. Okay. Yeah. Was it Highland? And then um, uh, that we built that up. The business was going good there, and mm -hmm. and through uh, Cliff Miller, another friend now went in partners with me to build the big building. Sure. And when you when you first joined in, was the company? Like you said, the company was in pretty bad disarray. Like oh, yeah. you had, you, yeah, we, were you we just, just were you, we built it up, and it was uh -huh. a good, it was a good solid company. It was, yeah, you know, it was like it uh, wasn't, it wasn't broken, but you had to really do a lot of work well, to yeah, make it's sure about the size of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so day and night helped. They originally got into the company because when they foreclosed on Ray Morehouse, mm -hmm. they were. This was not published, but. <laughs> Uh, it went up for sale. Okay. Their 
amount that was owed them or something went up for sale. Mm -hmm. And so Day and I told me, if you just go to the attorneys, meet on the front steps of this building. Okay. And they, they're holding an auction, why? You'd be the only one that bids. 50 bucks. <laughs> so we bought special service for 50 bucks. <laughs> That's incredible. They're like, and we only want you to have Ray, this. And so. it was Roy Chaplin. Yeah. Who hooked that up. Me, yeah, Roy Chaplin helped us through the whole thing. and Yeah. And uh, they finally waived uh, the 50 some thousand dollars that Morehouse <laughs> owed. And, and then we turned around and we sold more day and night units in this town. And anyway, it was the yeah, number was, one air conditioning in town. Right. Which is, so, it's so funny. Anytime I tell anybody, like, well, first of all, when I tell people I was born in Las Vegas, they're just like, that's weird. No one's yeah. born in Vegas. But then when I tell people, like, you know, what my family was a part of as far as, like, you know, the, the construction, and I'm like, oh, air conditioning. And they're yeah. like, Oh my gosh! Of course, air conditioning in Vegas. And it's like, yeah, I mean that's an extremely profitable thing to work in in here. Mm. Everybody needs air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, kind of to wrap things up, because a lot of the uh, you know a lot of the the stuff that you experience here in Vegas is stuff that I remember, and obviously yes. my mom remembers. Um, but you have such a um, you know a do-it-yourself attitude and spirit. Um, uh, it's well, you know where for well if you can pinpoint kind of where that came from and then what sort of I think a lot of a lot of it is just uh, luck. Mm-hmm. I was you know at, at the right time. Yeah. At the right place at the right time and mm-hmm. uh, took a gamble on whatever. Sure. Ever did. But you, I mean, you needed to back it up with hard work, though. Oh, it, it's true. Yeah, uh, it's true. No question about it. Because I, I think there's something to be said about you. You, you have timing is everything. You have to be at the right place at the right time. Uh, that, that's where a lot of breaks come. Is, yeah, uh, but that, but then in order to the the real but, challenge in life is being able to deliver on mm, that. It's yeah. to be able to capitalize on that timing. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, it's it's been a great trip. Yeah. I had special service supply and. Uh, Sold it for retirement, more or less, in a way. Right, right, right. And uh, we've uh, had a good, easy life since. Yeah. And we, now we wind up, we've been married for 68 years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is incredible, because obviously... There... But uh, the rest of the 25-so years here is just... Just uh, golf and yeah. golfing and sure experiencing and, uh, experiencing all the family. I had an easy, I'd say, a very easy retirement. Yeah, which good is, retirement. Which is good. That's what it should be. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's yeah. Well, w- one last question I wanted to ask: Where basically the uh, what sort of advice would you give to a person in regards to you know maybe like their you know whatever their profession may be. Um, you know, what sort of advice would you give to be like, all right, you should do, you know, these things in order to be successful or, you know, what, you know, what sort of advice would you give to younger people? Well, it's, it's a hard, uh, it is a hard question to say because, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes a, into it. <laughs> so many people are so different, see? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that, uh, some people recognize opportunity. Mm-hmm. A lot easier than other people. See? It's true. It's true. And uh, some people are very happy 
with their normal job and happy to stay right there where they are. Yep. And uh, other people are, you know, ones that take the risk or gamble or right. go into the unknown. Sure. And uh, they come come through at times. And, mm -hmm. and uh, we were ones that took all these different gambles and came through. We were happy. But right, right. It's, a, it's, a, it's hard to tell yeah. what you tell any specific person. Uh-huh. Except we'll just, uh, just, uh, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing, or, sure. or if you, if you're a, really, uh, an opportunist, why, uh, go do it. Sure, sure. If a chance comes along, but, uh, it's, it's. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely the way you have yeah. to look at it, so, yeah. Well, I really appreciate you, obviously, taking an hour out of the day to uh, speak to me about this. But, yeah, thank you, Papa. I well, appreciate it. Very good to have you being interested, at least. Of course. Uh, we appreciate that. Of course, and of course. And you've been a lovely grandson. Well, I, I only learn from the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now here is uh, my four-and-a-half-year-old son's debut on a podcast. Here you go. Hello, everybody. We're welcoming you to a new segment of my podcast, 100 Words or Less, but this is called Villain's Land, right, Raymond? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Raymond Harkins, my son. Can you say hi to everybody? Hi. Yes. Now we're going to be talking about one of Raymond's favorite subjects. Disney Infinity. Disney Infinity. Yes. And so, Raymond, can you tell me a little bit about Disney Infinity? What is it? Yes. I'll show you everything this way. Oh, well, we're, not, we're not recording video. This is, this, I just took a picture of us. But this is actually uh, on audio. See, like how I'm recording this? Yes, and I'm going to say. So remember talking to your microphone. Okay, okay. This way. <laughs> well, we're not, so, but just tell tell people what Disney Infinity is. Is it a, is it a book? No. Is it a video game? Yes. Perfect. So, could you please tell me about one of your favorite characters? It's Venom. Oh, Venom. And for those people that don't know, who does Venom fight all the time? Spider-Man. And also fight the Avengers, too. He fights the Avengers, too? Okay, awesome. So tell me what you like so much about Venom. Because he has a little tongue. I love that. So is he big and strong, or is he small? He's big and strong, so like, you go punch his microphone in half. Oh, he would punch a microphone in half? Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> so... You seem to like villains a lot, and that's why we yeah. named the show Villain Land. Yes, Wizards Villains. Right, right. So why do you like bad guys so much? Because they can fight good guys like Bat Tiny. Yeah? Yes, and definitely like that Tiny. That's pretty cool. Here, let's put the microphone back on the stand so you yeah. can... Yeah, there we go. So, Venom, what color is he? Black with white. Black with white. That sounds amazing. And where did you get the Venom Disney Infinity character? From Toys R Us. Wow. And that was like the first character that you wanted, right? Venom. Yeah. 
So is there anything else that you'd like to share about Venom? No. No? Do you think this is a good first episode of our of our show? Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Well, thank you very much, podcast listeners. And Raymond, give them, uh, maybe say goodbye or give them a, a, a Bye. good... Bye. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.